It's been way too long, and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives, our very first Patreon bonus episode. For these episodes, we're we're gonna really just we're gonna keep a top five format. But what we're gonna do is Mike and I each are just going to talk about five things, whether it be movies, TV shows, uh, albums, songs, uh music festivals, anything that we would like to talk about. Does that sound about right, Mike? Yeah, just anything outside of the pod that we're that we've been up to, what we've been watching, reading, you know, anything we're excited about, just five topics. So this is kind of just a free for all, very informal. Probably will be cracking many beers during these episodes. Just talking about what we're up to. Amen to that. Let's let's just dive into it. I'm just I'll just should I start us off? Yeah. All right. At my number five, first thing I'm going to talk about is I have never seen The West Wing, and All I right. have been doing a massive rewatch throughout the past couple months. I'm currently in season six. There's seven seasons. If you've never seen West Wing, but it has it, it blows my mind how good this show is, Mike. Like it's a great one. It it's really fucking, fucking is. I mean, if you know Aaron Sorkin, if you somehow haven't seen West Wing, you know that that's sort of his. This is what blew him out into into the big time. He created West Wing. I mean, it's won so many Emmys. I I can't even begin to get into it but you know you have obviously martin sheen on there rob lowe bradley whitford allison janney richard schiff john spencer it's just incredible and it's it's all about the staff in the white house martin sheen plays the president and it it truly from episode one i always like when i was younger i was like "Eh, i might find it a little boring or something it is anything but boring it is just so, so good, so well written, so many great actors in there, so many great characters. I, I could not recommend this show more if somehow you have not seen it yet. It's all on HBO Max if you're in the States. Yeah, it's I mean, it's Sorkin Sorkining, right? This is just like him flexing mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty great. It's, you know, it's been sort of memed and parody to eternity, but that's because it's epic, right? Yeah, that's. That's what's good. It's just, you know what? I might have to dive back in. I'm going to have to find some time to do it because it's, it's just such a great ride. And I do love like, you know, I'm trying to think of shows that are coming out now that are like seven, eight seasons, you know, there's not a lot of them. It's been a while since you've had an epic one like that. Mm-hmm. Takes but... me back. It takes me back. I love that. Yeah. West wing. West wing, baby. Well, uh, the first thing I'm doing my number five, if you will, is the opposite of the West Wing. 
Uh, it is a movie from 1986 called Raw Deal. Ooh. This is a kind of a deeper Schwarzenegger cut. So I've been watching a ton of Schwarzenegger lately. They just they keep coming on, and there's so many like little gems that I haven't seen, like this one, because um, he was just in so many fucking movies in the '80s. He was just pounding them out, you know. And this one is like 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, you know. And I gotta say, this is a straight up three star movie, maybe even three and a half. Like it's Schwarzenegger just never misses for me. You know, the plot of this one is basically that he, like, infiltrates the mob. He straight up fakes his own death, so his wife thinks he's dead, oh and then God. just infiltrates the mob. And, you know, there's a lot of things that maybe are left to be desired, but the action is is honestly better than I anticipated. And he, you know, he, he, he punches people, and he shoots people, and he makes jokes. I mean, that's what he does, and he's fucking great at it. Even in these movies where, like, he's the only one you know, that seems to be really giving a lot. He just goes for it. And I just think he's a legend. He's such a master at that role. Yeah. Like, it's just unbelievable. The man has jokes for days and you just can't not laugh at him because they're so cheesy, but it's Arnold saying it and it's so good. Yes. And he just never misses. Like, even oh. these little ones that no one would, like, you wouldn't really hear about. You know, this would be the 50th film of his that you'd probably get to but like all these little hidden gems and and the story that i found for this one is that so this was originally made by hollywood legend dino de Laurentiis, so that they could make money to produce total recall no way but then this film flopped and uh, basically, Dino lost the rights to Total Recall. So that ended up sort of never happening. But that was the idea behind the film. That is, wow. I did not, obviously, I didn't know this at all. Uh, yeah, but but this, you know, don't don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes. This is a three-star film. I, I guarantee you'll have a good time. It's not the best out there, but if you've seen all the other ones, give this one a chance. Arnold is just the fucking man. I think I'm going to give it a chance. Because I haven't seen it. So, all right. My number four, so to say, goes dives into the music world, which I think on these Patreons, you're going to see me do quite a bit. I'm a big, big, big music guy. I don't flex that muscle as much on the pod always, but I'm going to head into the electronic world for this one. So one of my favorite groups in the DJ world, Anti Up, they just released a couple weeks ago a new song called Shake. And before that, they had released a new song about maybe a month prior called Sensational, which, dare I say, are both sensational. This group, so it's comprised of two guys, Chris Lake and Chris Lorenzo. And if you're familiar with the electronic music world, especially house music or tech house. You know these guys. Chris Lake's the pretty much the king of that subgenre. And Lorenzo is is a fucking legend as well. And they both, for those of you listening from the UK, they're both from the UK. They both grew up there. They both live in Los Angeles now. But uh they they like to keep their roots very uh they're prideful of their roots and 
Anti Up is sort of their little super group to experiment and try out things that they wouldn't try with their solo careers. And it's been really interesting results so far. They have some great songs out, but this uh, these new these two new songs, Shake and Sensational, very different from each other. Sensational is a bit of like a almost has like a like a disco-y, almost like slight daft punk feel to it with a house with a a bit of a house uh, angle. And then Shake, on the other hand, is is pretty hard hitting and a bit more on the Chris Lorenzo side of things, if you listen to both of them. But anywho, they've released those songs and they've announced that their debut album is going to finally be released in August, which I find very exciting. So uh, wanted to wanted to give a shout to those guys. Solid, solid. I mean, you know, this isn't my world, but even I know you love Chris Lake. So that is, if you know me well, you know I love Chris Lake. So I'm going going to see him in concert next week. Very cool, and yeah. just a big shout out to activities in general. Activities oh, that are happening, they're back. It's delightful. Um, okay, I'm I've got a bit of a wacky number four, but I think I can maybe rope you in. Okay. This is a radio broadcast Ooh. from 1938. Oh my God. No, so this is, <laughs> that is well, so Mike. So, but in all seriousness, I think most people are aware or like know a little bit about the famous War of the Worlds broadcast from Orson Welles that people heard on the radio, thought was totally real, and freaked the fuck out. Oh, yeah. I do know about that. So we were doing our alien episode. And I was like, you know what? I've never actually, I don't like War of the Worlds, the movie, either version. But I was like, let me just like see if this is on YouTube somewhere. Of course it is. And dude, this thing is wild. Like, I always thought it was kind of a joke that like people would freak out about it. And it's like, haha, people were so stupid in the, the 30s. Yeah. But dude, it's like really set up. The first half especially is totally set up like to be like a real radio broadcast. Like they go to their, their interviewer in the field and they talk about like announcement from the government about what's going on. And they go to like a, uh, I don't even know, it's like a planetarium and they're like, what do you see? Like it's, and it's really cool. And, and the more, I mean, it's an hour long. I wouldn't say you have to listen to the whole thing, but you know, the more I was listening to it, the more I was thinking about like Blair Witch and Cannibal Holocaust and all these things that like, I think people want to say that they're above it and they would never mistake a, a radio broadcast for something real. But like this, this is what found footage movies are about, right? It's that same idea. And Blair Witch was like putting up, you know, posters saying these kids are missing. And there was this whole big thing on the website. And like this, this still kind of works. And like, even when we know in our hearts that things aren't real, we still sort of want to believe um, and yeah, and I think things like this are basically what, you know, it's it's a direct line from this through Spinal Tap, through Blair Witch, to, to kind of where we are now with getting lots of found footage. Um, and it's cool that this is available, and it's it's a lot more interesting uh, than I ever thought it would be, honestly. Uh, okay. I, I'm actually very intrigued now, because of course we've all heard about this growing up forever. Give it, give it a good 10, 15 minutes. That's what I would say. It's it's okay. definitely worth it. And it's just, you know, Orson said like it wasn't intended to cause panic. I don't believe that for a second. I think he knew from the beginning what he was doing 
uh, and and it just, of course, being Orson Welles, it just adds to it. It's just insane that he did this at like 23 years old, and then obviously, you know, just a few years later, started making fantastic films. That is truly crazy. I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out. You've 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 piqued my interest, which I I when you first said radio broadcast from what 1938, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, here we go, Mike. Here we go. Instead, I'm I'm ready now. It's bonus content. We're going bonus radio. Bonus content, baby. Okay. Well, number three. So number three thing I want to talk about, it's actually a bit of a callback to our true crime episode. Because there's been some big news in the true crime world, and I, I had to bring it up. So in our episode... One of my unsolved that was right there near the top was Suzanne Morphew in Colorado, who had disappeared, you know, was obviously alleged dead. And her husband, Barry, was sort of the big suspect in people's eyes, but nothing had been done or arrests. Well, you know what? He's been arrested. He's been charged with murder. And we're waiting, hearing more details, I'm sure, once once the trial like, officially gets underway. And that's very exciting. And I'm sort of going to tag team and cheat a little bit and give, give a, another case update. Kristen Smart, which is one of the famous oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. unsolved you know, murders. But although people have always always thought it was Paul Flores who, you know, was this guy in the town and there was rumors that his parents were involved in helping him cover it up. And it seemed like a no brainer, honestly. And it was sort of unbelievable with some of the stories, especially if you ended up listening to the podcast about this uh, case, which was called your own backyard. But finally, Paul Flores and his father were arrested and charged. And it's like, these things are finally unraveling and it's just, it's so nice to see. Yeah. I did see that about the smart case as well. Um, and two things. So one to Barry Morphew, did you see that he voted for Trump, uh, with like Suzanne's ballot basically? No, he didn't. So he also like in addition, in addition to murder, obviously he is getting caught with like fraud and like some other charges related to that. And he said like, oh, like she would have voted for Trump anyway. I didn't even know it was illegal. Like that's just get the fuck out of here. Like, honestly, if you didn't already think the guy was guilty, like, you know, allegedly, I'm just saying like that's <laughs> what kind of behavior is that, dude? That is insane person behavior. Insane kidding? Um, and also, I thought I'd mention, this is just so bizarre that you said this actually, but you know, my favorite true crime channel on YouTube, That Chapter is what it's called. They do two videos a week. This week, video one, Suzanne Morphew. Video two, Elizabeth Barraza. So we covered both of those cases in our episode. Wow. How fucking weird is that? That is weird. That is weird. JLD. JLD. Oh, man. It's uh, that's my number three. Yeah, great, great little update. That was Thanks. that was fantastic. Um, very happy with that. I for my number three, I convinced you with my number four to go check it out. But number three is a true Mike pick. 
It's an absolute classic. This is a movie called The Blue Dahlia from 1946. Not the black, but the blue. This is actually before the Black Dahlia murder, I think. I think that was late 40s. This is 46. Okay. But it's funny that you say that because even when I started watching this film, I was like, you don't hear a lot of things called Dahlia. I'm pretty sure like Black Dahlia kind of ended that as a possibility. Um, But yeah, this is a movie from 46. It is a film noir. And I actually, uh, my wife... Uh, accidentally got roped into watching this film with me and she ended up staying for the entire thing though the first the first act especially is really really fucking intense and then it, it kind of levels off from there but i wanted to bring it up here because it's not not to single you out town but i know a lot of people obviously you know either don't like or don't even think to go back and watch sort of older movies but this is like this strikes me as a very sort of like entry film noir like it has basically a little bit of every characteristic that you get from those films um you know it's murder there's deception there's paranoia there's there's all kinds of stuff and it's yeah it's it's pretty easy going um, once you get past the first act and i would definitely recommend it to people that are just sort of looking for something in that genre as, as yeah just kind of a taste of it Ooh, okay I like that. That helps me consider it. This one's also, you know, written by Raymond Chandler, obviously an extremely famous author and screenwriter. So it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a cool it's a cool story. Okay, I'm uh I'm intrigued. I'm surprisingly intrigued. I like that. The Blue Dahlia. Okay, my number two is something I'm very passionate about, which is the the general world of Blink One Eighty Two the band the pop punk band for anyone unfamiliar so tom DeLong, who is one of the founding members of the band but isn't sadly in the band anymore he has another band called angels and airwaves and they have been working on a new album for quite a long time now and they finally released a long-awaited single from it called euphoria and i have to say it's decent. I'm not blown away by it. I also don't dislike it. I like it. I think that it's... Here's what I'll say, Mike. And I think even as someone that obviously hasn't heard this song or know exactly what the sound would be like, I think you'll understand what I'm getting at. So my problem with current age Blink-182, which is Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker still, and then Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio now is in the band... They've made a few albums, and it's been very much Blink-182 trying to sound like the 1999 version of Blink-182, and therefore at times it comes off as disingenuous, whereas Tom has always seemed like the guy who wants to evolve, wants to try new things and push and evolve into what he wants to talk about as a mid-40s person and what i really fucking respect about this song is he tries some very interesting things instrumentally there's some great lyrics in there and again it sounds like he's pushing this band forward and so even though it's not 100 
in the vein of maybe what I liked. I thought that their one of their previous singles for this upcoming album called Rebel Girl. That was, I think, my favorite so far. But this is a fucking jam. There's slight boxcar racer vibes. One of his earlier projects that was really great. It was like a post hardcore band. And it's 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 a very interesting song. And I'm very excited to see where the album goes as a whole. Well, as anyone that listened to our first annual Blink Miss episode knows, Tom is my guy. Yeah. So I will definitely have to check this out. And can we just sidetrack a little bit to say who feels better these last couple weeks than Tom DeLonge when you have President Obama confirming aliens exist and everybody else just freaking out about all these new alien drops? Tom DeLonge totally vindicated Totally vindicated and also not like in such a big way in that some of the reports that are the ones getting, you know, laid out there are the literal reports that he broke with his company to the stars back. That's right. That's right. He's got to be feeling fucking great. Also, in this new song, he has a line that says, I'm alert this time like fucking Paul Revere. And that's just a great fucking line. Wow. Paul, Paul Revere shout. Definitely going to have to check this out. Yeah. Always it's, supporting it, Tom. It's Tom's our guy. So Angels and Airwaves, Euphoria, highly recommend checking it out, checking out some of their other singles that have come out over the past couple of years and in, in anticipation for this album, which if we're lucky, we will get this year. Very cool. Very cool. Yes. Um. All right. So my number two is a book. I love uh, that. I I've been doing I'll have to say this is not not a brag but having not read books for a while just being engaged in other stuff since about mid March I've just been reading a ton every day um, and I've really been enjoying it reading a lot about film um, and trying to bring some of that to the podcast but uh, I just finished yesterday a book called Fifty Two Must See Movies and Why They Matter. And it's basically, um, it's put out by TCM. Um, They run a program called The Essentials where they just try to highlight sort of interesting movies um, that they feel like you should see for one reason or another. So this one has 52 of them. They've done like 300 in total. Um, Starts at Metropolis. uh, And the last one in this book is, uh, this is Spinal Tap. And it's, I have to say, I really enjoyed it. It, uh, you know, it, it basically just depicts films that, you know, if you're a cinephile, you've probably seen. If you're sort of just getting into film, you've probably heard of them. And it, it really just kind of gives you, you know, a little bit of the history of the movie and then just like a, a few kind of bullet points about what to look out for. And even for films I've seen, you know, it has like facts that I didn't know. And I think it does basically exactly what it sets out to do. You know, it helps you to appreciate Um, these films which obviously you know helps you just appreciate film overall you know just understanding what's going on and why they're important Um, and just I think like October they just released the second edition um, with 52 more films uh, which I started today so I think this is yeah just a cool little book for you know nothing intense about the world of cinema it's not like going to film school it's just a very casual you know, not unlike what we do. Here's a a few snippets about these films. Go watch them. That sounds really interesting. I might have to honestly give that a look. 
it's it's pretty solid. And you know, and it's one of those things that like you could, you know, you could read one a day and it would take you two minutes. You know, you don't have to plug through all of them. It's just a cool little thing to just kind of get you, you know, thinking about some films in a in a different way. Ooh, okay. I'm I'm I gotta check this out. I gotta check this out. Very nice number two. I love that we have a book in there. Okay, number one. Number one, I can say, is definitely the thing I am most excited to talk about right now this week, and that is the new HBO show, Mayor of Easttown. My God, this is the Kate Winslet crime show on HBO. It's got a great cast in there led by Kate Winslet, who dare I say this might be my favorite role of hers ever. And we've also got Evan Peters, Guy Pierce, Gene Smart. And it is a murder mystery. Uh, a girl is murdered in the town and they have to figure out who did it. And at the same time, there's a, there's an old, like a year old missing girl case and it all starts to tie together. It is just, I cannot stress how top tier this show is. Different people with different TV tastes, people that I'm not even friends with have mentioned to me, that they think this is the best TV show they've seen in the last couple of years. And I could not agree more. It is. It's like a limited series, right? Yes. It's seven episodes total. And the, the final episode is going to air by, by the time you listen to this episode, it'll probably be maybe the day that the final episode is airing. And yeah, they release one a week and and it, it's made me realize I do still want shows to be released week by week because I think I like talk about this show all week and there's a hype to it. And it's it, there is something to be said still about releasing things week to week. Some things are great to just be able to binge, but like a mystery like this, while there's nothing I want more than to have it so I can binge it all right away. There's something to be said about they do have me just drooling, waiting for the new app each week. And I have to say the the. At the time of us recording today, so episode six comes out tonight, which I'm couldn't be more excited to be seeing. But the last episode, episode five, had arguably the most intense 15 minutes of television I have seen in at least two to three years. It was insane. Everyone I know that has watched it like yelled at the screen. It is just absolutely top fucking notch from acting to story to characters, to everything. I cannot rave enough about this show. If you have not watched it, stop what you are doing or watching and watch it. Wow. Okay. I mean, yeah, I've heard so many good things about it. I have to say that I am, I've become full binge. Like I remember the excitement of having an episode every week and then, you know, talking about it and, you know, having that excitement. Now I almost don't want to watch something until it's over. Like I'd rather binge five seasons knowing there's nothing left than even like binge a season. It's Netflix has totally changed everything about my viewing patterns. So let me say this. I am also on your page to a degree in the sense of I would rather binge it. Like in the sense I'd rather binge it in the sense of it absolutely kills me to wait. All I'm saying is that The fact that I've had to wait, which 
don't get me wrong. I would I'd pay fucking money after the first episode to just be able to watch them all right away. But I feel like part of what's become special, at least around town here, is slowly getting to talk to people about it and people being like, have you seen Mayor of Easttown? Oh, my God. Did you watch the episode this weekend? Like, I like that I've been able to talk about a show a bit, whereas if it had all released at once, no doubt it would get talked up. But I feel like the show itself, like I feel like this should be a note for the HBO people. You're doing something right because I think you're gaining more traction releasing it this way. I think I'd love to just be able to binge it, but I do think there are the occasional show that will benefit from doing it this way instead of release it all at once way. I totally agree. And I think this is helping the show. I've heard so much more about it than I think I would have. Um, otherwise, I I just, I'm so used to the instant gratification. You know, I have to like retrain know, myself. so nice, isn't it? It's so nice getting the instant. Like even now, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch this, but like in two weeks when it's over. Yes, it's really <laughs> I know, I know. And and this is, this is the one note I want to give to everyone that hasn't seen it. First episode, while great, it's setting up the pieces. Watch the first two episodes. By the end of episode two, you are not going to be able to stop. If you start it late at night, you're staying up the rest of the night. Okay. Mayor of Easttown. Definitely we'll check that out. Yeah. Can't wait for you to watch it because we both love this type of shit. Well, speaking of, my number one is definitely a little bit more niche, but I had to put it number one and I have to talk about it. It is a documentary from 2019 called In Search of Darkness. This is a four and a half hour documentary about 80s horror films. I know that sounds crazy. There's also a second part that's also four and a half hours. And there's also going to be a third part, which I assume will be the similar length. And it is, honestly, I obviously like I don't care what the length is. I would watch it at any length, but I had read that like it, it doesn't feel long and it's insane that it doesn't it really really doesn't it's four and a half hours long and it feels half as long as army of the dead for for example like, that is crazy it's just really well put together and it has like a, a very like simple format that somehow just like works and just like keeps you going and it just goes through all like the 80s horror classics with you know people that were in them and guys like Greg Nicotero, obviously from Walking Dead and people like that. And I'm just starting the second part now. You know, it's like, say, the next layer deeper. You know, the first one spent four and a half hours on 80s horror films. So this is like, you know, kind of deeper cuts. Um, mm -hmm. And the guy that put them all together, David Weiner, he's working on a, a sci-fi version right now that's supposed to come out this year. And he was a producer on the action 80s action movie version which is already out called in search of the last action heroes i think and that's actually on amazon in the uk but it's uh, and all of these were funded on like indiegogo and kickstarter and it's just a really cool idea and it's just um it's insane it's, it's kind of like you know if you've heard our zombie episode that we actually just recorded it's 
it's kind of the opposite in terms of runtime. You know, this needs to be this long to really do what it's trying to do. And it, it's not afraid to do it. And then it makes it more successful. You know, it's just, it's picking the right runtime for your project. And obviously there was demand for it because it was, you know, fun to crowdsourced. Um, and it's, it's really, really interesting. And I think it's actually just the achievement of making a four and a half hour documentary that's actually watchable and then tripling it is just insane. That's insane. Yeah. Four and a half hours. Holy shit. I need to check it out. Just like pretty much every goddamn thing that you recommend to me. I have a never ending list. Same here. Same here. <laughs> oh, well, this has been a great like first little Patreon app. I mean, we I mean, we got music, TV, movies, book, a book, radio. We got some radio in there. There's radio. I mean, and people say radio is dead. How dare they? It died in 1938, actually. It did. It It peaked in 1938. That's for sure. It really did. Oh, man. Well, look, I hope that everyone enjoyed this and we're going to be doing this quite a bit more. So if you liked this episode, then subscribe to our Patreon and we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Top fives and deep dives without a PTM. 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 My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin Tarantonius. That is so Mike!